0: Welcome everyone to the Inspirational Businesswoman Show. This is Virginia Parsons, your host. And today we have a very special guest, Linda Kroll. She's going to be speaking with us about compassionate mediation for enhanced relationships. So sit back, relax, let us know where you're viewing us from and go ahead and put any questions you have in the comment section. Here we go. welcome everyone this is Virginia Parsons your hangout mentor and the host of the inspirational businesswoman show thank you for joining us today I know that your time is valuable and I appreciate that you're taking your time to be here with us today either live or in replay mode and this is so worth being here for I have a wonderful lady here who's going to share so much wisdom so much heart so much love and so much compassion that I know just by being here you are going to be uplifted and feel so much better at the end of this show so thank you for being here let us know where you're hanging out from or viewing us from hopefully you're over on the live page right now and if you are go ahead and type in the comment section let us know that you're here watching and let us know if you have any questions. Now, today's show is sponsored by hangout marketing.com. Where you can receive a free hangout marketing assessment only this assessment has been updated and it's now an assessment on not only hangout marketing but all the other forms of live stream marketing why might you want to do this well it only takes a couple of minutes and it really gives you an overview of how you can use all of these live stream platforms to help brand grow and market your business and the key is that we're all inspired aren't we to give our best to the world, to give our gifts to the world, and the best way to get yourself out there and to get known and get recognized as the go-to expert is to learn how to use these tools in your own business. So all you have to do to take that assessment is to text the word SUCCESS, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 307-269-2040. Now, let me go ahead and introduce you to my very special guest, Linda Kroll. She has so many, um, what, I, what I would say, trainings, letters after her name. that I'm going to let her tell you more about it. But she is the founder of Compassionate Communication. And she came about this process through a whole myriad of trainings that she synthesized and integrated and made it her own. So that's what we're talking about today is Compassionate Communication for Enhanced Relationships. And isn't that what the world needs is better relationships, better ways of communicating. So here's what our hot topics are all about. Number one, a very important topic called know thyself and your parts. And Linda has a wonderful exercise for us in that. Then we're going to talk about tips to deepen connections. That's right. Let's connect even deeper and have fun doing it. Finally, we're going to dig into really what is compassionate mediation and how might it apply in your own life, both personally and in your business. So, Linda, if you're unmuted, great. Come on in and say hi to our audience, won't you?
1: Hi, Virginia. Hello, everybody. I'm so honored to be
0: here. It's really a pleasure. Thanks, Virginia, for inviting me. I love it. Linda, I've wanted you here for months, haven't I? <laughs> We've been crying. Thank you. We have worked on this, and now is the perfect time because Linda's also come out with um, her book on this topic, and so she'll be able to talk to you about what motivated her to write this and what a wonderful tool it is for people. But Linda, let's sort of start at the beginning. I know we have a brief show and you have uh, extensive experience, but let's just share with people where you came from the 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 trainings and qualifications that you have and how you sort of move this into your whole process of compassionate communication thank you
1: well I'll give you the readers digest version (laughs) it it starts when I was little And my wonderful parents who are very beloved, Um, my father was an undiagnosed manic depressive and my mother didn't know that, so there was a lot of yelling that went on in my house. So from the age of four, my inner child was kind of afraid of anger and always wrote letters to my parents when I could write about how to talk nicer to each other. And now, 60-something years later, I'm still writing letters but more people are reading gratefully So what I did was I went through college, uh, got a psychology degree, married my college sweetheart, became a lawyer, raised my two wonderful daughters, and then when I realized my own marriage was headed for divorce, I became a mediator. and I often tell people that trying to mediate your own vo- divorce is like trying to uh, deliver your own baby. It might be helpful it might be possible, but it's not very helpful. So I still was missing something professionally, and I went back and became a licensed clinical professional counselor at the age of 42 and found Dick Schwartz, Richard Schwartz, and the internal family systems and learned that until I did my own work to heal the wounds from my past and let go of limiting beliefs that I had, I couldn't really help people until I had done my own work. Uh, many years later, uh, Deepak Chopra, David Simon, and David G. from the Chopra Center came to Chicago. And to quiet that monkey mind of da 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 da, da da da, I decided I needed to learn to meditate. So I went back to the Chopra Center, and five years later, uh, I'm proud to say that I'm one of their, I think, 300 master teachers in the world, meaning I'm a master teacher of meditation, yoga, and Ayurveda. And I combine all of that left brain and right brain, and then I also had the privilege of working with Sark and Dr. John Waddell to add more joy into all that I do, and I put all that together and came up with a system that I've been helping, actually, I think thousands of men and women communicate with more compassion for the last 20-something years, and now I'd like to share it with everybody.
0: You know, you were on your own path, weren't you? Yes, I mean, just, we all are. <laughs> yes, we all are, aren't we? Uh, but thinking about that from the standpoint of, yes, you, you really can't mediate your own divorce, yeah. but that's, you know, like trying to um, doctor yourself. Right. And then to do that, you've discovered as you went forward how important it was to do your own work. Yes. You now, I, I think that's key, and I'm just going to put that out there to everyone who's viewing, is that that's the first note I took is how important it is to do your own work and if you are wanting to help people in the world you've got to start with yourself right right
1: and you can't change anyone else but you can change how you relate to someone else which changes the energy between you and then changes the dynamics of the relationship so you start first with loving yourself
0: yeah I love that so Start with yourself, do the work on yourself, and love yourself, and then that can change the dynamics of your relationships. That's kind of in a nutshell. I think the show's over. <laughs> you get that? Oh, what are other thought, if you could wave a wand right now, if everybody could just wave
1: a wand and forgive themselves, forgive themselves first, not the other person, forgive themselves for anything they did or didn't do and wipe the slate clean, give yourself the benefit of knowing you've done the best you've known how to do up until this point, and now you can start new and do things differently. So it starts first with loving yourself, forgiving yourself, being grateful for everything you do
0: have, and then that's about it. That's pretty much a nutshell. <laughs> it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Yes. The problem is, and you know, I've been through divorce, and I know the emotional, um, what are you triggers that yes. come with that? But you know, this also relates to relationships with all relationships, family members, with yep. um, people that you work with, uh, yes. with, with contracts that you might be having in business or in life. It relates in so many different ways where that emotional component can get in the way of being our best self and communicating our in our best way so let's go deeper into this so that we can prepare ourselves as you say do our work first all right so we then when we go into these other um, relationships that we're working on that sometimes trigger this stuff we're not going to get triggered as quickly or as easily right. so you have said here know thyself and your parts yes. what do you mean <laughs>
1: well, great thank you uh, well first of all for everybody to kind of invest in doing whatever they'd like to do during this time if you have a relationship with a partner, a coworker, a boss, a child, a parent, anyone that you'd like to have a better relationship with. I'm hoping by the end of this program to give you some tools for doing that. And the first place to start is to know that you're divine. You're perfect the way you are, and you have at your core what I'm calling a self, capital S, self. And that self energy is calm, clear and compassionate. You know those moments? We're not in self very often. And you can call self higher consciousness, you can call self your true self, your Buddha nature, your God energy, whatever word works for you. But that is who we are at our core. We're not human beings, someone said, having a spiritual experience. I truly believe we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And when we come from our highest self and relate to others from that way, Everything changes, but we don't come from our highest self all the time because we're human and we have experiences and we have parents and we have siblings and we have peers and teachers and Energy that's affected us our entire life. So what happens is when we're little uh, We have things that happen to us and we tend to exile feelings that we're feeling so we have a self that's encompassing and the parts it's internal family systems terminology and if you want to learn more go to selfleadership.org and learn from Richard Schwartz and all the other teachers there it's a wonderful program for both personal and professional growth and what Dick teaches us is that there is a self but there's also parts he calls the parts exiles, managers, and firefighters. I call them exiles, managers, and extreme parts. And what they are, those exiles are the parts that you learned in childhood weren't going to get your needs met. So if you felt sad or scared or hurt or vulnerable, you don't want to feel that way. So you pushed it aside and you learned how to manage. And many of us manage by being nice or pleasing or caretaking. Some people manage by being stoic, judgmental, hardworking. There's lots of way to manage. But when you manage, a lot of people put on what I call a pseudo-self, a false self, where we look like we're in self. We look like we're trying to be calm, but we're really feeling a lot of those exiled feelings of sadness, hurt, or anger underneath. So you've got the exiles, you've got the managers trying to keep them at bay, and when those managers can't contain the energy of the exiles, we get into extreme behaviors. And those extreme behaviors are meant to protect us, but they have negative consequences. So we eat too much, we drink too much, we gamble, some people go have an affair, some people get depressed, get enraged, put walls around your heart so nobody can get in. There's many different ways to react. So you've got the exiles, the managers, and extreme parts, and that's how people interact. And Dick showed me on his meditation one time, two castles. And if each person represented a castle, in the dungeon of each person, afraid to be seen are those exiles hiding out. Standing guard at the top of the castle are the managers, making sure there's no threat. And if there is a threat, I'll those extreme parts fighting with each other. And the only way for safety to happen is for self to be present, and my job is to help you get to self. So that's the short
0: version of what it is to have self and parts. Does that make sense? Well, I love it. And, you know, in, with my background in hypnotherapy, I used parts therapy a lot as well. And, and, you know, we sort of coupled with something called gestalt therapy. And we had all sorts of parts going on in there that we would we would touch base with and say, you know, what purpose are you attempting to provide or are you attempting to protect for the individual so it's very similar this is um, you've broken it down into different categories but I think the most important thing is that the parts can trust in as you say the self right to guide this whole process and bring it together to yeah. integrate right right and in the process of feeling integrated then um I would think you'd have a sense of safety, uh, confidence, security, and all the things that you need to really function effectively and therefore relate well to other people. Absolutely.
1: Dick gives eight qualities of self. I don't know if I'll remember them all. Calm, clear, connected, compassionate, courageous, creative. i probably confident. Uh, There's probably one more. It's on my website. And then I always add grateful because I think when we're grateful, we're coming from self. So if you want that kind of energy, there's two ways to get there. One way is to meditate. And I learned that at the Chopra Center and teach a different form of meditation, but any form that you use, even breathing, even quieting your mind for just a moment, because we're more than just our mind. We're our body, mind, and spirit. And when we believe every thought we think, we are limited by those judgments we have of other people. And when we learn how to meditate, we access that spiritual nature that is more calm and clear and compassionate. And we can relate from a much higher level of consciousness. So instead of being in the reactive mode of fight or flight or sarcasm or withdrawal or any of those lower energies, we can actually come from a more creative, cooperative, connected, compassionate way of relating. And that's the message I'm hoping to get out.
0: Well, it's beautiful and there's no doubt that when we come to a place of center and come from a place of gratitude and as you say love and calmness that you're able to uh, see things from a much more balanced perspective. And again, not from those triggers, those emotional triggers that get you to being reactionary rather than communicative. Right. I love that. So what is your favorite way and what's the fastest way since we have a very quick show here, but I like people to have these tips. What is it that that you think they can do quickly and um, effectively to center themselves and be at that point of balance, calm, uh, grateful, relaxed, all those things?
1: Well, right now, everybody watching, just take a breath,
0: really. Inhale,
1: down to your belly, hold it, and exhale. But really put your hands on your abdomen and let your abdomen expand. Because if we're just chest breathing and we take a breath, it's more like "Eh," constricted. But if you put your hands on your belly and inhale all the way down to your abdomen, inhale, belly out, hold it, and exhale, release. And do that like two or three times. David G. has a 16-second change to get more to your higher consciousness. When you take a breath, it brings you back to the present moment. And it's in the present moment that you can truly relate from your heart. You're not ruminating about the past and everything that was done to hurt you or you felt was not fair, and you're not projecting into the future all of the possibilities from the past. So taking a breath allows you to really connect to yourself. Um, there's also meditations. If we have time or on the after show for sure, I'll definitely offer the meditation. And also uh, there's places on my website where you can
0: find all this too. I'll tell you about later. But take a well, breath. It's, it's true what they say breathe. Exactly. I mean, it, it is one of the things that it, we required. You know, when you think about our requirements for survival, yes. you know, you think about food, but we can go weeks without food. You think about water, but we can go days without water. And you think about the breath, and we can only go a few minutes. Right. breath So we tend to ignore it or put it in the background and take it for granted, but it's one of the most important functions that we have. Yes. And when you consciously take those deep breaths and slow your breathing down, um, there are physiological changes that take place that indeed are going to add to your sense of calm and lower your blood pressure and all those things. So, and you, uh, can so a, huh? you can find
1: something to be grateful for in the moment, no matter what you're focusing on that's negative. You can find something to be grateful that will shift your energy. I also studied hypnotherapy, Gestalt and Reiki, so All of that energetic work is very valuable but it shifts your energy we're all energy and when we really tune in to our higher self the energy shifts not only internally and heals our body but shifts in the environment that we create with the people in our lives so take a breath get present stay grateful meditate and we can talk about meditation it doesn't have to be hard it's just an opportunity to quiet your mind and be open to the message from your soul or your heart or your higher self and then act from that information. So that's the hope.
0: So I love that you say that because of even just something as simple as taking the breath and of course the other meditative tools you're talking about that it shifts the environment because you have shifted energetically. It shifts the environment around you because Yes. yes, it is all energy after all. And sometimes
1: people find it hard to meditate because when they finally quiet their busy minds or their busy activities, what they're really in touch with is the feelings in their body where they still have stored some of that old energy. So in different chakras or in different parts of their body, they can feel tight or tense. And when they really do either some therapy or some healing work on their own, they can get in touch with that energy and give that energy permission to begin to unwind and move out because we're all holding on to old energy, beliefs, patterns, thoughts. And when we tune in from our higher self and really put that compassionate witnessing on the areas within our body, mind and energy field that need it, we can then relate from a much more conscious, aware, mindful, compassionate place.
0: Okay, so let's move this into the the second topic, which are tips to, I think you're already there, but tips to deepen connections and, of course, have more fun. I mean, you you took a whole segment of your training. It was about increasing the joy as well. Exactly,
1: and that's really about being grateful. Sark and the late Dr. John Waddell wrote uh, Succulent Wild Love. Uh, It's a great book to get, and they also talk about how You can look for joyful solutions. And my version of that is to allow yourself to be present and love yourself enough to know that what you want and need is important. And I mentioned five steps to get what you want and need. want to write them down. This is helpful. The first step is to know what you want and need because most people have forgotten. We've been so busy taking care of other people or doing what we thought was expensive of us that we lose sight on what that inner child used to love to do. So know what you want and need. The second step is to know you deserve it. And that's where a lot of people get in um, their own way because some of the beliefs or experiences of their past has affected their self-esteem, has affected how much they appreciate who they really are, and they don't know they deserve it. And that's where the work can often be done to unburden those beliefs and feelings. Uh, The third step, so the first step is to know. The second step is to know you deserve it. Third step is to learn how to ask for it. Because when you learn how to ask, knowing that you deserve it, there is an ask that comes from your higher self. There doesn't have to be a whine or a nag or anything negative in that energy. It's just very pure. You know what you want, you know you deserve it, you ask for it. The fourth step is to be willing to receive. Um, and a lot of people have trouble with that because I do a lot of work with what I call codependency or the desire to kind of fix, save, and care for others. And instead, when we try to receive, it's not natural for us. We, We want to be the giver. But learning how to receive and being in that spiritual law of giving and receiving is all part of what life is about. So learning how to receive is the fourth step, and the fifth step is be grateful. So know what you want and need. Know you deserve it. Ask for it from your higher self, be willing to receive, and be grateful. And if you ask and don't get it, that's okay. You can decide whether there's enough in any relationship you're with that will make it worth staying. And sometimes it's time to leave if you're not going to get it. But you won't know unless you follow those steps. So learning how to practice the five steps. Another way is to learn the miracle of empathy. And the short version of that is, Uh, When you're talking to someone about how you're feeling, use I messages, not you messages. So I feel, and go to one of those exiles, I feel sad, hurt, scared, when you, and then tell them what, what, what you feel. Now, in a perfect world, they'd be able to listen from self and tell you they hear you, they understand you, and they're sorry. Since you're the only one watching this show, you're going to have to be in self first. So if someone's bothering you and you see that they're acting in a way that's rather extreme or hurtful, you can look behind the extreme behaviors, see how they're trying to manage their pain, and look at the sad or scared inner child in them and have compassion. And then say to them, I see that you are sad underneath your anger or hurt underneath your anger. I understand that you are you may not always agree but you could understand that's their perspective and I'm sorry and sometimes I'm sorry is going to be a um, true apology for something you did or didn't do and sometimes it's just compassionate witnessing to that pain that the person you're speaking to is feeling so learning how to practice the miracle of empathy learning the five steps to what you want to need and then I, I often talk about creating more partnership and peace. And when you create more partnership and peace, you get more passion. And uh, there's a, on my website, lindacrall.com, there is a Compassionate Relationship ebook that has all different ways to add more passion, connection, fun, lists of things to do. So please go there and get that too because it's free and I'd love you to have it. So well, these
0: are these are incredible um, guidelines, Linda and I, I think it's for anyone who has not worked on themselves. number one, as you say, that's where you have to go. Right. But I like that you went into that empathy and the I feeling and understanding of the other person's feeling as you call call it compassionate witnessing right And it seems to me just in my own personal experience that that's one of the toughies. it is. Because we're always responding from the I standpoint, I feel, I'm, I'm angry, I'm hurt. And you, you miss as a result the opportunity to be a compassionate witness to someone else's inner conflicts, inner yeah. child um, issues that haven't been resolved. Yes. And
1: one thing about the I feel, I feel that you is not a feeling. It's a judgment. So if you start your sentence with, I feel that you're wrong or I feel that you're bad or I feel that you're selfish, that's a you message. So just notice how to do that. And um, I don't mean to plug my book, but it's all in my book because even though my book is about compassionate mediation, the whole first chapter is about being in self, the miracle of empathy, the five steps to getting what you want and need, and then later on how to have compassionate relationships as well. So all of this is available, and much of it is on my website and available to you free there. I'd love to have you join me.
0: Well, and we also have coming up a, a special gift from Linda that um, you'll be able to pick up. So hang with us. We'll give you that address in just a minute. So, Linda, let's move into that the third main topic. What is compassionate mediation? How is it used in um, really... Working through relationship struggles, issues, and um, getting along with people better. Thank you, Virginia.
1: I'm I'm so thrilled to be here because on my website, what I'm trying to do is help people learn compassionate communication to themselves, to someone they're in a relationship with, of uh, when they're not sure if they want to stay or leave a relationship, or if they're thinking of divorce. And I realized that in working with individuals and couples for over 20 years, the people that were often in the most pain were the ones that couldn't decide whether they wanted to stay or go. So they couldn't decide to make a decision to get a divorce. They were too angry or walled or distant or hurt or scared to leave. So they stayed in limbo for a very long time. So the process that I've created and actually hope to train others in, so if there's any Therapists, mediators, attorneys, coaches, clergy that would like to learn this, I am going to be teaching it because I really want to share compassionate mediation with the world. What I'm hoping it will do is become a new form of conflict resolution where any couple that's in conflict over any issue can go into a compassionate mediation process which doesn't have to take long. They learn how to get to self, they learn the miracle of empathy. They practice learning what they want and need, but they also talk about what would it look like if we didn't stay together? What would it look like to divide our assets or have maintenance or share our children or where would we live? And the reason it works is because it empowers both parties to be equal partners in the relationship. Most people don't talk about their finances or their parenting roles. They usually default back into what they learned from their parents. So 10 years, 20 years into the marriage, there's some dysfunctional patterns going on. And they built filters through which they judge their partners. They built walls around their heart so they don't let any hurt in. And they parallel live for a long time. And as a therapist, working with a couple where one or both really isn't invested is very painful to watch because you see two people who are so sad and hurt just sitting there in front of you, no matter how angry they are, they're sad and hurt. And scared and they can't see that in each other so they just continue to parallel um, in a fairly dysfunctional way so what compassionate mediation is it's more than marriage counseling it's more than divorce mediation it's a kind of one stop opportunity to explore all of your issues with heart-centered higher consciousness and full
0: information and empowerment that's kind of the shorter version does that make sense yeah, and I love that you have decided to take this to um, expand its reach by offering trainings for yeah. other uh, therapists. I think it's it's so needed. Well, therapists, mediators, attorneys, cler- because you don't have to have both people with
1: you to help them with compassionate mediation. Um, that's what the book is about. The book is how do you uh, learn how to do all of this on your own and bring that energy back into your current relationship, and when you bring your higher self, when you bring empathy, forgiveness, gratitude, that changes the relationship. So many people in compassionate mediation create a new relationship together and their family gets energized by what they each bring to it as opposed to ending because they just defaulted into divorce. And there's a lot of regret out there about people that wish they tried harder. Uh, My my mission is to protect, protect children from the shrapnel of their parents' animosity, because even if you don't talk about your spouse, they feel the energy, and it affects them forever. So compassionate mediation gives any individual or couple an opportunity to change how they are showing up in the relationship, to actually be the change they want to be in the relationship, and then from there, come
0: back and create something new. Yeah, oh my gosh, if you can, you can avoid, avoid that. that. Yes. That that you're saving so many families, so many children. That's beautiful. And even if one person, and even if you're post
1: divorce, it's still helpful because it gives you a vantage point to understand that your family of origin affected you, your spouse's family of origin affected him or her, that you've both done the best you've known how to do up until this point, and that forgiveness is really a gift you give yourself. So forgiving your spouse. And doing it before you get divorced, like I said, creates miracles because from that place of forgiveness and compassion, new relationships have happened in my office all the time. It's wonderful to see.
0: Back and forth. Back and forth. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I lost you a minute. What did you say? I just say back and forth, muting and not muting. I have just posted for people a couple things as we head on over to Blab so that you can experience a meditation with Linda and ask her some more questions. Uh, I post the address for Blab. Come on over and join us. I have also posted uh, the link to Linda's book and uh, that's at H. Let me actually pull this up as well. It's at um, hmtips.com forward slash Linda Gift, Go ahead and take advantage of that. I know she's going to have so many um, important tips in there about believing in yourself, and it all starts with self, right, Linda? Right. And that's that's
1: the book that
0: um, also has an audio. So
1: if you want to hear the audio of some of the things we've been talking about, that's all in the book. So that's the one book that comes with this, and then my other book, which is Compassionate Mediation for Relationships at a Crossroads add passion to your marriage or compassion to your divorce is available on Amazon and I'd love to get your feedback and help you anywhere you are in your relationship. Thinking of divorce, in the middle of one, post-divorce or even wanting more passion in your relationship. You can learn how to come from your higher self and do that there. The last thing I want to offer before we go off is that on my website, lindacroll.com, I've put a lot of free gifts up there um, for loving yourself an ebook for finding more connection, passion, and fun. There's the free chapter to my book there. If you don't want to buy the book, and the other thing is a audio on uh, what you need to know if you're thinking of divorce, among other things. So I hope you stop there and and check it out and find something that will bring you more peace, love, and joy. That's the that's the point.
0: That's the bottom line isn't it for everybody whether or not your relationships are all working now or you've got some you're struggling with the whole bottom line is bring more peace love and joy into your life. It starts with self. And it starts with love. Linda, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Come on over to Blab. Everyone, come join us in Blab. Again, I'll just show you where we, where you're going. HMtips.com forward slash IBWS Blab 21. Bring your questions. Come over. We're going to do a meditation over there. And in the meantime, thank you. Whether you're watching this live or in replay, thank you for taking the time to be here with us. We appreciate you. Go out and have a wonderful day, everyone. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.